Let's uh, just pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, as we look into your word tonight, I ask that you would come and that you would uh, just uh, do something deep in our hearts. Give us a, a new desire to bless you at all times. Give us an understanding that when we come together, we're supposed to be magnifying and exalting your name. And help us to remember, even in the hard times, that uh, the angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him. So just take the Psalms and take this psalm in particular and minister to us. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of things we need to remember about the Psalms. And... Uh, it would encourage you to go to, in your Bible, paper copy, electronic copy, whatever, but go to Psalm 1, because this is the easiest place to illustrate this. So find Psalm 1. At the very top of Psalm 1, it says, Book 1. So the very top of Psalm 1, it says, Book 1. The Psalms are actually divided into five books. Uh, guess what they're called? Book one, book two, book three, book four, and book five. Very complicated. Uh, in Jewish worship, in, in the worship of the Jewish people, uh, their primary scripture text was the Pentateuch. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And uh, they had order to their worship. Their services were planned. They had structure to them. And when the scripture reading of the day was out of book one, which was Genesis, uh, they sang psalms out of book one in the psalms. When they were in the scripture teaching was in book two, Exodus, they sang songs out of book two. So that's the history, that's the history of Jewish worship. So we're going to take a time to spend, uh, we're going to spend time over the next six weekends in, in one, of it, one weekend in each one of these books. The second thing I think it's really start, important to start with, and now I invite you to go to Psalm 34, which is where we're going to spend the evening. Uh, at the beginning of the psalm, there is this thing called a superscription. Not every psalm has a superscription, but it's got this comment above it. Most of us, when we say, I read Psalm 34 this week, we start at, I will bless the Lord at all times, because that's verse 1. But the truth of the matter is you go back to the most ancient manuscripts and how these are recorded, they all include the superscription. These are not editions of the 16th century, 18th century, 20th century, trying to give some comments for us that will help us understand. The superscription is a part of inspired scripture as much as verse 1. So if we're going to take advantage of the entire understanding God would have for us as we look into these psalms, we should not, must not be ignoring uh, the superscription. So the start of this psalm, the start of it is the superscription, and I want to draw your attention to it now. Of David, 
when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. That is the actual start of the psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. It's actually recording the story uh, that takes place from about 1 Samuel 17 through to chapter 22 or so. 1 Samuel, uh, we're introduced to what is a pretty common story for all of us. It's the story of uh, David slaying the, the giant named... Goliath, good. So it's the story of Goliath and David. And uh, the, we'll, we'll go back go back to the previous slide there just for a second. Uh, I'll get there uh, in a bit. Uh, so David is fighting uh, Goliath, and I think it's verse number 50 of chapter 17, uh, chapter 17 that says he took a sling and a stone a sling and a stone. And he defeated uh, the giant that everybody else was afraid to go to battle with. A giant named Goliath lived in a place called Gath. Gath. That'll be important as we uh, move through this story. So David defeats... uh, Goliath, and uh, everybody's very impressed. And in 1 uh, 1 Samuel 18 and verse number 7, we see the ladies made up a little ditty. And the ladies are singing the ditty everywhere they go. Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten. They're singing it all the time. Saul has struck down his thousands, David his ten. I don't know if that was a tune or not, probably not. But they're singing it all the time. And guess what? King Saul kept hearing it. And when King Saul heard the ladies singing all the time, how wonderful David was, ten times better than him, guess what happened in his heart? He got envious. And hatred began to build up in his heart towards uh, David. And the heading in my Bible, chapter 19, 1 Samuel, uh, and this stretch in 1 Samuel, says Saul tries to kill David. David, Saul has had enough of David. He wants the guy dead because the girls love him more than they love him. Gotta kill him. Gotta kill him. Uh, Story goes on. And David says, boy, I don't feel safe around here. I've got to go somewhere. And then to me, one of the weirdest things in Scripture happens, and now we'll go there, uh, 1 Samuel uh, 21, verse 10. David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Now just stop there. This to me is absolute, I can't get it. It seems crazy to me. So you, you got a king who's trying to kill you. You need to get out of the country. Where do you go? You go to Gath, where you had killed their giant, who was the one who was keeping them protected. So you think that's a safe place to go. Makes no sense to me. Absolutely no sense. But David goes there. 
David goes to Gath, verse number 11. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands. David his ten. Isn't that the guy? And David took those words to heart, and he became afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So what does David do? Verse 13. He pretends he is insane. He changed his behavior before them, pretended to be insane. He would sit at the gate of the city. He would let spit flow through his beard. He would act absolutely weird. And Achish said to his servants, you see that man? That man's mad. Why have you brought him to me? Don't I have enough madman around me already? You brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? You want me to let this guy into my house? So David, as a result of that, chapter 22 and verse 1, departs from there and escapes to the cave of Adullam. So David leaves there and hides in a cave. Back to the postscript. What has David done? He's changed his behavior before Abimelech drove him out and he went away. He went away. He's hiding in a cave. Now there's another thing that's interesting here. Notice the superscription on the top of the screen. He changed his behavior before Abimelech. Now somebody, some people read that and, and they think this is really confusing. We friends need to be good students of scripture. We need to study scripture and take scripture seriously. I, I think for the most part, we do not think critically. You go to the grocery store and you ask for a pound of ham and you ask them to, to slice it up because uh, you want to take it home. They slice it up and they put it in a plastic bag for you. You go down the next aisle and you buy a loaf of bread and uh, they put the bread in a plastic bag for you. That's how you bring it home. You go get some napkins because you're going to make these sandwiches and you're going to hand them out to all your friends. And that pack of 500 napkins is, napped in, or is wrapped in plastic. You go get some ketchup and it's in a plastic bottle. And you go get the mustard and it's in a plastic bottle. And then you get to the cashier and they say, no, we can't give you a plastic bag. Plastic is bad for the environment. And we just accept that. I have to have paper bags now. This all makes... And sometimes we take Scripture and we don't think about it either. We're called to study Scripture too. Think critically. Dig in. Dig in. Dig in. So it says here at the start, he changed his behavior before. Abimelech, you say, there's no Abimelech in this story. The guy who's in the story uh, in 1 Samuel uh, 18, 19 is Ahimelech, not Abimelech, Ahimelech. So you say, you can't trust the Bible, they don't even know how to spell. Um, but Ahimelech is not who's being talked about here. Ahimelech was, uh, if you read the story, was a priest. 
the Abimelech in the Bible is actually in Genesis. So now you're saying, well, this Bible really can't be trusted because uh, they're saying he changed his behavior before Abimelech. It wasn't Abimelech, it was Achish. So I I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to be a Christian. I'm just going to go to the store and get my groceries and accept paper bags, but I'm not going to believe the Bible. Well, the truth is uh, the Philistines, uh, the word Abimelech was not a name, it was a title. And it meant father, ruler, king. So Charles, we call him King Charles, but uh, that phrase Abimelech is really father, ruler, king. And we're dealing here with Abimelech. This particular Abimelech in the Philistines' world's name was Achish. But, uh, so it could say changed his behavior before Achish, that would be the name, but he changed his name before the father, ruler, king, before Abimelech. That's the top position among the Philistines. So David's going through a tough time. Saul is trying to kill him. Uh, uh, Abimelech doesn't want him around. The country he's fleed to uh, doesn't want him. And now he's living in a cave. And what does David say? And would you respond this way? And would I respond that way? <laughs> David says... I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He says that with the king trying to kill him. He says that when he's been rejected. He says that when he finds himself having to hide in a cave. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How, how, how could he do that? How could he do that? Well, he could do that because he's attuned to the scriptures. His mind, his thoughts have been trained by the scriptures. He knows the story. He, he, he knows the story of how the nation of Israel was, was under the uh, control of, of the Egyptians and finally they were being set free from Egypt. They were excited about being free and they got to the Red Sea and again they're fleeing Pharaoh uh, and they can't get across the, across the Red Sea. But God came through when there didn't seem to be a way, God made a way. When there didn't seem to be a way, God made a way. Way. And right here, David is in a cave, but he knows who his God is because his mind has been trained by the scriptures. And he says, I don't care what the circumstances look like. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Well, bless the Lord. 
Oh, bless the Lord. When I study scripture, I, uh, I always look for repeating patterns. And so I took Psalm 34 this week and read it over and read it over and it only took me about the third read to realize (laughs) there's a repeating phrase here that's so obvious. Verse 1, the Lord. Verse 2, the Lord. Verse 3, the Lord. Verse 4, the Lord. Verse 6, the Lord. Verse 7, the Lord. Verse 8, the Lord. Verse 9, the Lord. Verse 10, the Lord. Verse 11, are you getting the picture? When David finds himself in a cave, where is his heart set towards? Where has he trained his mind to go? His mind and heart go to the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He blesses the Lord. I, uh, I, I mean, I can't talk about every verse here unless somebody wants to do, any of you want to do Midnight Church? No, thank you. Okay, well then I won't talk about every, so let's go to verse 5. Those who look to him are radiant. I'll bless the Lord and I will look to him. What's that mean? I will look to him. You uh, have probably at some point in your life had somebody come up to you and say something like this. Uh, Barry, I'm looking to you. Barry, I'm looking to you. What's that mean? I'm, I'm counting on you. I'm relying on you. I'm, 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 I'm believing you're the one who's going to carry this thing across the finish line. Coach comes up to you before the big game, and he and he said and he and he says to you, Mike, I'm I'm looking to you. I need you to bring your best to the field tomorrow. I'm looking to you. David says here, those who look to him are are radiant. But the psalm goes even even deeper than that. (laughs) It's more than just looking. Verse number eight, oh yeah, see that the Lord is good, but what do you do before you see you're in addition to seeing that the Lord is good? Verse number eight, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Most of my life, I spent staying away from guacamole because I thought it was the ugliest, squishiest-looking stuff anybody could ever put on a plate. Looked terrible. But Wes Heyer, good brother, miss him. 
wouldn't let me just look. He said, you need to taste and see how good my guacamole is. And it was good. It was good. And he'd make it and he'd bring it over sometimes. And it was good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Not, oh, taste and see. No. Oh, taste and see. Mm. Mm. The Lord is good. Taste. Taste and see. Taste and see. We bless him. We look to him. We taste and we see that the Lord is good. <laughs> when you taste, and when you taste, and when you see, when you taste and when you see, you're going to discover a few things. And the first thing you're going to discover is that the Lord will deliver you from all your fears, verse number four. The Lord will deliver you from all your fears. My 50th birthday, which seems so long ago and yet just yesterday, uh, my brother-in-law's put together a, a trip across the West Coast Trail, well, the west end of Vancouver Island. And uh, I had never gone hiking overnight in my life, and now I was going hiking for seven days. And my brother-in-law said, the first thing you need is a really good backpack. The other thing you need is really good walking shoes. So I got my backpack, and my backpack was so full of stuff, I got so tired of carrying my backpack. And I saw other people on the West Coast Trail, they had backpacks too, but they were just thin and compact. They had a, a tent in it, and they had a... Uh, a fishing rod in it to catch some fish and a little bit of rice and a pot to put over the fire and that's all. But I had, I had everything. I thought of everything I was afraid I might not have. And I filled my backpack so I wouldn't need to be afraid of everything or anything. A lot of us are carrying a lot of fears around. And they're taking the lightness and the radiance out of our lives because we've got to be prepared for absolutely everything. And we're always worrying about it. And the load is wearing you out. I want you to know tonight, 
You need to taste. You need to see. You need to understand. You need to understand that the Lord is good and he delivers his kids from all their fears if they just look to him over and over in this psalm. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Get your eyes on him. Taste and see. Discover that he will deliver you from all your fears, all that fear, all that nonsense you've been carrying around all your life. Let it go tonight in Jesus' name. Let it go. Delivers us from from all our fears. Verse number uh, six. He hears us and saves us out of all of our troubles. Be nice if life was just one straight trajectory, just one piece of progress after another. Uh, Life doesn't do that, at least not to very many. Life has seasons of troubles. But I want everybody here here tonight to understand that the Lord, and the Lord invites you to taste this, the Lord invites you to believe this. The Lord will save you out of all of your troubles. Keep your eyes on him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse number nine, those who fear him have no lack. I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about that today. And uh, Donna and I will be married 47 years on Monday. I bet you you forgot. (laughs) Huh? 47 years on Monday. And I was thinking about that. And has everything been perfectly smooth for 40? No, 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 no. But we've never lacked. Never lacked. We always had a roof over our head. We always had food in the fridge. We uh, were able to keep the natural gas flowing so our house was warm. Some difficult, yeah, but really, no lack. No lack. Really. No lack. Those who fear him will have... No lack. Verse number 14. No, sorry, verse number 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears. Lord hears your cries for help. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good tonight, friends. Taste and see that the Lord is good tonight. He hears your cries for help. He hears your cries for help. One of the sisters in the house tonight just found out her sister died yesterday. There's pain there. There's ache there. But the Lord hears. The Lord hears our cries for help. The Lord hears. Just call out. Don't need big fancy words. All you need to say, friends, is help. 
help. The Lord hears our cries for help. And then verse number 22. Oh, taste, friends, tonight, friends, taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. Regrets, mistakes, wish I'd done it different. We've all got them. But you know what? (laughs) The Lord's a redeemer. And he buys back the regrets and the failures, the disappointments, comes alongside. (laughs) He's a good, good God. He's a good, good God. Invite you tonight to, to trust him and bless him and and look to him but get get just just get in there bite into him and you'll discover that he's really really good would you stand with me as i read those three verses right at the beginning i will bless the lord at all times His praise shall continually be in my mouth, friends. Even when you're in a cave, even when you're in a dark time, even when you feel like there are people who are out trying to get you, I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Are you humble enough to receive that tonight? Are you humble enough tonight to boast in his goodness and to be glad in him? And do you recognize and do you realize that this is something we do in community, that we do it in gathering? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. We do it together Let us exalt his name together. Oh, let's worship. Let's exalt him. He is worthy. He is worthy. I will bless the Lord tonight. I will bless the Lord.